Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the True North CFL podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Leach. Follow me on Twitter at aka Jimmy Leach. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TaylorCurrySK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington. Uh, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you search True North CFL podcast, you can find us on there. Uh, we've been uh, very blessed, and uh, we have an announcement to make. We have joined the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, supported by Connexus, and we have a quick advertisement. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Connexus. They'll give you some guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Connexus Credit Union. So on to the first game of the week, or as we have called it off-air, the Dumpster Fire Bowl. Um, Ottawa versus Toronto, the Argos beating Ottawa predictably. Uh, but a close score, 28-21. to 21. Um, Now if you're pinball and you're, obviously, you guys are done for this season and you're looking towards next year, uh, is McLeod Bethel Thompson your future quarterback? If not, then who on your team is or go out looking for one in the offseason? Uh, I think you still bring somebody in just to give him competition. But if I'm pinball, I'm rolling with McLeod. He knows the system. He's been there. And he's had good games. It's not his fault that they've lost so many games. So I would roll with McLeod. Uh, yeah, BT is your guy. He has to be. If not, like, if you didn't have full confidence in him for next year, then I don't understand why they wouldn't have traded him away because you would have gotten a lot more pieces from Winnipeg if you traded MBT versus uh, versus Caleros. So, like, just, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if MBT wants to stay there, but, like, Toronto is clearly making the, making the player showing that they want MBT to stay. I agree. I think McLeod should probably stay. Do I think he will, though? Uh... I don't know, because, yeah, he's their best option. Yes, he's there and he knows the system, but who's to say a team like Winnipeg or Ottawa on free agency doesn't come and offer him a boatload of money and then he goes there? You know what I mean? Dude, Dark Horse, True. Dark Horse team to, uh, to pick up MBT. And this is just because I don't know if their current starter is going to be a free agent, so just you no know, grain of salt here. Uh, Edmonton. Oh, no, I think Trevor Harris is uh, uh, on a multi-year deal. He is signed he? a multi. Is he? Yeah. Okay, then never mind. That's that's who I would have thought. That would have been cool. Yeah, if Trevor Harris is staying there. Yeah, I think. But oh, sorry, you, Taylor. You have to think too. That's okay. You have to think too that, uh, with the comments that Pinball Clemens made about having a really good chance at signing Zach Caleros again, and for some reason they really want him to play. It, it could be interesting what happens there. Like who? They I really at. don't understand why they want Caleros, man. He's basically a a walking cte experiment at this point like why why do teams want him like i don't get it i mean i mean at the end of the day if if a team like the doctors have cleared him and he wants to play so i mean at that point i it sucks to say but i guess it's like you know if something happens to him it's not really on the yeah team. yeah it's like he said he said he's good the doctors also said he's good yeah so it's not like they're going against some sort I of I agree, but... But yeah, I understand. I understand where you're you coming know, from. You know, he hasn't that. been great in several years. He has a very bad injury history. And just... Yeah, he's th- over 30 or pushing 30. So I don't... Like, I don't see why you would bring him back. Like, keep McLeod. And then if you want to go hunt for another QB, go for it. And then, um... Or maybe someone who's already in your stable, like Dakota Prukop or... Michael O'Connor, I know they've been really high on Dakota Prukop, too, at times. Maybe mm-hmm. they keep them, and you kind of see them kind of groom one of those two guys to be the next starter after McLeod, kind of, you know. Because McLeod isn't a young guy. Yeah. He's also pushing 30, so. Yeah, he spent time in the NFL, and I think other leagues, too. Yeah, he's been around football yeah. for a while. So, yeah. let's say he's got... Three to five years left, you could easily groom a guy like O'Connor or Prukop. And three years is enough to tell if, you know, 
one of those guys can do the job or not. Um, I'm rooting for O'Connor because he's a Canadian quarterback, but we'll see what happens there. Now, yeah. moving on to the Red Blacks side of the ball, besides R.J. Harris, uh, is there anyone in Ottawa should keep next season on the offensive side of the ball? Oof. Uh, maybe Dominic Rimes and, uh, I, I like Caleb Hawley personally, but I've liked him since he's been in Saskatchewan. Um, other than that, I, I really don't think so. Uh, Sinopoli's probably got a decent contract. You could try to dump and I mean, their running back stable is inconsistent with injuries. Like, I don't think Greg Morris is a starter in this league. Sorry, Greg, if you ever hear this, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, not much else. I mean, I think you keep Will Arndt around too just because he's a young guy you can develop. And for his first game, he didn't play too bad. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Grimes and Arndt, those are the guys that, like, um, you you got to make sure you lock onto them if they're both being free agents next year. Um, besides that, just blow it up. Yeah. Try and get them. Because there's some pieces on that defensive side of the ball, but the offense is just, the oh, offense yeah. is a dumpster fire there. Um. Chris, yeah, Chris Randall's been sort of quiet. He's had a bad year, honestly. Like, you. Yeah, but like I think he could bounce back. I'd hold yeah, on. I wouldn't give up on him quite yet. But uh, for the offense, uh, yeah, keep Rhymes Harris. Um, John Crockett has shown flashes, so true. I think you keep him around. Uh, Greg Morris, I like Greg Morris. Like he he has <laughs> also shown flashes and. So I think that maybe oh. he has a chance of being a starter if he gets the opportunity. If he gets oh. the opportunity, but um, yeah, we he was in Saskatchewan and I think a couple other teams. He hasn't really done anything. He looked pretty good like, when he was playing I, for Saskatchewan, man. I don't know. I don't think he ever had a game with a hundred yards. I don't think it. so, but that's because he didn't get. He was usually coming in as the backup, but when he played, he played that's well. That's true. I. That's true. I mean, in 2016 with us, he had a 112 rushing yards in nine games and a touchdown, yeah. so that's his best. I don't know. I'm rooting for him. Again, I'm biased towards Canadians, so that's probably why. Yeah. Oh, that's fair, though. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of Will Art's first start as a red-black? Uh, not bad. Uh, a lot better than both the, uh, the other quarterbacks playing there. It was... Uh, 288 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw three picks, but it's his first game, so you're going to expect some bumps on the road. Um, but overall, really well, I think, I mean, for a first game. Oh, yeah, I think he did a lot better. A lot better than I expected, a lot better than a lot of people expected. Um, one thing that I do want to highlight that you didn't talk about, um, the 10.3 uh, average yards. I'm a big fan of the average stat. Because, um, like, you know... He, even though it was a uh, 28 for 42, you know, there's a fair bit of incompletions there, but when he's connecting their first downs, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely, I like to start. He's definitely better than Jonathan Jennings or, um, Dom Davis right now. Yep. Dominic. Um, and three picks. Yeah. That's excusable again. First start, um, two touchdowns. That's good. Almost 300 yards. Again, those are decent numbers. Um, even though it's against Toronto, so take it with a grain of salt. Well, who do they play next week? Who they does Ottawa Toronto play next again? Week? Let me look. No, they play Hamilton. They play who? Hamilton. Uh, it's no. a much better test for him to see what he does yeah, this week, like, and then we can kind of declare if he is, uh, you know, legit or not. I would say. Well, they're yeah, because they're probably going to start him. Yeah, again, they. Right? I think they are. Yeah. They are. And then because yeah. we also got to remember, Jonathan Jennings threw for three hundred yards against that same Toronto defense. So again. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's so take true. that performance with a grain of salt until he faces a legitimate defense. Yeah, and he'll have a good one in Hamilton yep. this week. Yeah. So on to the next game of the week, uh, Saskatchewan versus Calgary. This was essentially the battle for the West. Um, it was a really close game, but Calgary came out on top. 30-28. to 28. Um, In this game, Trey Roberson got hurt. Can the Stampeders' defense, can they continue to dominate without their, like, shutdown corner? Well, I think it would be tough to be as tough as they have been. But, uh, 
the last update given five hours ago says he didn't participate in practice on today, which is Tuesday, but he's not being ruled out for the next game. So mm. it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. But I mean, if he is out, that's a huge, huge loss for them. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's only at, like, the fact that they're questionable about this very next game, he'll probably be back for playoffs. So if anything, this will probably like kill their seeding because like, you know, this gives Winnipeg's offense probably like, you know, a huge shot of confidence going into the next game. But uh, yeah, this hurts. Uh, this hurts them a ton. Uh, Calgary just always seems to have a next man up. And especially if it's only one or two games, I'm not too concerned for them. Um, as long as Roberson's back for the playoffs, I think they're fine because he is probably the best corner on that team, and he's probably NFL bound next year anyway. So, yeah. Oh yeah, pro- probably. So yeah. Yeah, with the stars he had. Yeah. So yeah, does does this hurt Calgary? Yes, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as some people think it'll be. Now, yeah. contrary to that, Micah Johnson also got hurt that game. Um. Does this put a huge dent in the Riders' uh, usually dominating defense? Uh, I think it hurts a little bit. I mean, his stats haven't been uh, ideal as they have been uh, in previous years. Um, But I think, you know, he's still a good part of that defense. Um, It was actually reported today, too, that he didn't didn't attend practice again today. So uh, it's getting closer looking like he won't play, but hopefully he's not out for the playoffs. Yeah, again, it's like, you know, Saskatchewan, they're they're solid. They're going to be they they'll be okay, but, you know, it definitely hurts, you know. It's not, nobody's sort of like, you know, sat there waiting for the next person to take after Micah Johnson. Like people want him playing, so it's not great for Ryder fans. Yeah, uh Micah Johnson, even though the numbers don't show it, he's had a huge impact on that defense. Um he's mm-hmm. up yeah. there in terms of pressures uh throughout the league and you know he oh, yeah. he usually gets a lot of the double teams which frees up charleston hughes which in turn boosts his sack numbers so mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah it hurts them a fair bit but given their opponents are bc i believe next week um they won't miss him yeah, as we, yeah much. they have bc yeah, yeah. Oh, That'd be a weird stat to see, though. Double teams leading to a teammate's That would be an interesting stat. That'd be a fun one to see. It would sort of shine some light on the unsung hero. Yeah, or just who leads the league in getting double teamed. That would be... I would love to see that, you know? Who's who's the scariest deal? Yeah, exactly. Someone needs to do that. We need to to tweet Derek Taylor and get him on that right now. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Okay, uh... Now... For the game, Bo said the refs were making calls in favor of the Riders. Uh, you guys find that true? Uh, not in the slightest. The, the the Riders had just as many calls on them as uh, Calgary did, and they both had bad calls going both ways. It's a lot of inconsistency with the CFL refs. They're just never on the same page and never consistent with their calls. So I, I don't think it was fair for Bo to say that, and I hope he gets fined by the league for saying that. Oh, yeah, Bo, 100% be getting fined for that. But, yeah, I think you made a great point there. It was like, you know, the, the refs are making bad calls both ways. Like, you can't just sort of be like, you know, oh, you know, all of the other team, you know, things. Yeah, they, they really broke the rules, but we didn't actually do anything there, you know. So I don't know what they're calling us. You can't say that. That's essentially what he's trying to get yeah. at. Like I'm not, I'm not sure what calls Bo is referring to, but the Riders certainly had some bad calls gone their way. Uh, with um, a good example, the Ganey PI call. Like, what the hell was that? You know, and um, just, yeah, and maybe I don't know. Is he referring to the Casher ejection? Maybe. Yeah, that that was not a good play on. Yeah, that guy absolutely. Yeah, maybe that's what he. Was yeah, thinking. that guy absolutely should have been ejected. He was going after the quarterback after the play. You know, like would that mm-hmm. have been an ejection five years ago? No, but in this era where QB safety is number one, that's absolutely going to get called every single time. So yeah, he should have been mm-hmm. thinking a bit more. Um, 
I'm sure Dickinson laid into him about that. So hopefully he gets his act together. Mm -hmm. So on to third game of the week was Montreal versus Winnipeg. Winnipeg uh, beating Montreal at home 35 to 24. Now, Schreller's running game improved, but his past numbers are still lackluster. Is this worrying going into the playoffs? Uh, I think if I'm Winnipeg, I'm a little worried about the longevity in the playoffs. Um, depending who they play first, Saskatchewan or Calgary, I mean, either are tough matchups, and you're going to one of those places right now. And Strivo hasn't played the best in Regina, and I don't think he's played his best in Calgary either. So I think it's a bit concerning, but I don't think you're going to start anyone over him. He's been in the system for basically two years now, so I, I think it's his team, and he's rolling with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to have Strevler Blairs and McGuire, right? But, I mean, as someone who is a you know avid Bomber supporter, I am a little bit nervous about having Strevler, you know, with his passing numbers being what they are. But like I said before, you know, I like the average stat. And I mean, this game, at least, 11.6 average. He was throwing first downs. He was throwing decently. Like, it wasn't just a couple of yards, like, check downs every time. It was There were some decent throws in there. You took a couple of shots and that. and It was okay. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that he's running again because over the past couple games, he wasn't really doing that. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think Strevler is best if you use kind of that running element of his game. But I'm going to ask a question to you that I'm sure some Bomber fans are asking right now. Do you think you're better off with the Zack attack over Strevler right now? Um, I think that Strevler should... Um, like, I think he should start, but be on a short leash. Like, if they're down by a lot at, like, the half, then, then throw Caleros in there. Like, you might as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you. I think you make a good point with that. That's what I. I yeah, would. I honestly think if uh, Strubler continues to struggle, I think you maybe put Caleros in in some of these later half games to see what you have in him. And if he performs well, you okay. know maybe your starter going into the playoffs. How crazy would that be, Zach Caleros, twenty nineteen playoff starter? Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> no one's seen that. Well, I that mean, coming. we we for, knew it was coming, Winnipeg, but we didn't no think it'd be compared, for this team. We just thought it'd be for a different for team. Winnipeg, yeah. no less, yep. right? Yeah, for the first. Like, if you told me wow. that Zach Laros would be the starting QB going to the playoffs for the Bombers, like, I know the Bombers like, like our sloppy one. seconds, but really, Zach Laros? Come on, man. <laughs> and then, um, but moving on. Andrew Harris, he had a bounce-back game, 166 rushing yards. Is he returning to his uh, previous form? Uh, well, I think as we're talking about Strevler, I think they're going to rely on Andrew Harris a lot, and I think it's going to show a little more every week. Like, he didn't have any uh, catches this week, but he ran the ball 24 times, so... Uh, I think they're going to be relying on him a lot more, and you're going to see his workload grow, so his numbers will go up. Yeah, I mean, um, I think like for a return to form, I mean, one game is one game. Uh, next game, if he he doesn't have to do quite the same, but if he does, you know, pretty good, you know, sort of like a hundred again, then you can sort of say, yeah, he's starting to get back to what we saw at the beginning of the year and all that. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a bounce-back game for him, and I'm glad to see him actually, you know, being good again. Yeah, I I, I think it's nice, uh, especially after such a poor performance against Saskatchewan. You know, it looks like the juice in Andrew Harris is back. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know I had to make a joke. You have no idea how hard it was for me not to make a joke when asking this question. <laughs> it's like oh maybe he's drug tester every other game who knows so we'll see how he does this week <laughs> I, I love you Andrew I don't support <laughs> alright so moving to the Montreal side of the ball now um, what happened to Vernon Adams this game 
Uh, I think he played one of the superior defenses in the league. Um, you know, he threw a pick six and he had three other interceptions. He had two passing touchdowns, but 59% completion rate. He only ran for six yards on two carries. So uh, I hope this isn't a permanent thing because I like seeing Montreal succeed. It's good for the league. It's good for Montreal. So I hope it's just a uh, a tick in the road. I mean, with Vernon Adams, I saw a lot of forced throws at the game. Um, I saw like just a lot of ill-advised passes. Sometimes they worked out, but you know, like you said, I mean, four interceptions, one of them being a pick six. So I think he's just sort of got to rein it in a little bit. I think he was sort of getting a little overconfident, and I think this is going to pull him down to earth for next. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, he probably ran into a good defense, and also I think weather conditions probably had something to do with it too, right? Because there was a huge snowstorm in Winnipeg, right? Oh, they, they had it all clear. Oh, really? It was like, there was nothing on the field, but, yeah. But Vernon Adams isn't used to yeah, playing that's in that true. weather. That's true. It was, it was cold, but yeah, there was nothing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Props, props to the, uh, props to the Blue Bombers, uh, crew for yeah. that. Yeah, they did a good job. That's definitely true. Um, but for EA, yeah, I I hope this isn't gonna become a common thing because uh, I like VA as a quarterback. I think he's a winner, just kind of like Bo is a winner too. Um, I think he's probably and again we talked about Montreal, right? They were one of those teams we talked about last year. That's like Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, all those markets are failing, but. Now that the Alouettes have started to kind of rebound and play well, people are starting to pay attention again. So, I'm root. That's that's what. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. you go ahead. Well, that's all they want in Montreal is just for that team to win. The fans show up when they win. You saw when Calvillo left and they lost. The fans started or they started not showing up. So they just need a win. Yeah, team. and I think VA can give them that long term. So I hope that he succeeds, but. I think he's in line for a bounce back game this week against Toronto. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So for our final game of the week, we saw Edmonton beat BC nineteen to six at Edmonton. Uh, unfortunately, Mike Riley, the the last man standing of the starters from this year, broke his hand. Aaron Grimes tore his ACL. Um. With BC signing Brandon Bridge, do you think he'll end up getting the backup job in BC next year over O'Brien? Uh, yeah, I think so. I was hearing reports today that uh, he was brought in to compete for that backup job next year. And I, I think it'd be a good fit for him, him and Jarius Jackson back together. Um, when they were together, Brandon Bridge did good in Saskatchewan. And when he wasn't there, Brandon Bridge didn't do good. So... I think it's good for Bridge, and it's terrible news about Mike Riley. You never want to see that happen. And Aaron Grimes, this is going to affect next year for BC because he'll be out for quite a while. So uh, they got a spot to fill in that defense. Yeah, I mean, with uh, with Brandon Bridge getting signed, and I don't, I don't want you guys to take this the wrong way because what I'm about to say about Brandon Bridge might sound a little bit like insulting. I think that he is an elite backup. And I'm like, I don't mean that as like a bad yeah. thing. I think that like if I was making a team and like and I was looking at all the backups in the pretty much I'm looking at like Strevler. Uh, but even then now it's like kind of eh. and like Brandon Bridge, he hasn't been picked up by anybody. Yeah, I'd go after him in a heartbeat. See, I like, couldn't put I couldn't put Bridge in the same category as Dane Evans, though, because Dane Evans oh, is like true. your all star yeah. backup. That's true. And well, Nick like, Arbuckle, would... too. He played well. Yeah. But, like, there's a lot of guys that I would put. Yeah, that are backups in this league. Oh, like, yeah. I would For take sure. him over Logan Kilgore, honestly. Oh, a thousand yeah. percent. I'd take him over Jennings and Dominic yeah, Davis, too. I, I... Oh, yeah, he could have. I would have had him as a starter. That frustrates Ottawa. me that he didn't have a job for so long. Like, the guy even played well in preseason, too. Like, he had some good numbers. Uh who was he uh, with Toronto, the and then he went to Montreal when uh-huh. they had their injury, and then they got rid of him. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. I remember. But that yeah, uh, he he's played well. So I mean, you know, and yeah, he had a he had one bad year in Saskatchewan. You know, like before that, he was playing well. 
And, yeah, he had one bad year, and everyone's now saying, oh, he's not accurate, he can't do this, he can't do that, but, you know, when he was playing well, where well, were those people? Well, and you think about it, too, like, Zach Calero still has a job in this league, and with all his injury problems, how did Brandon Bridge not have a job yeah, for this league? and Bridge is younger, mm -hmm. too, and he's got a bigger arm than Calero's, so. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um... So, next question. If you're Edmonton, do you start Shaq Cooper in the playoffs, or do you stick with C.J. Gable? Uh, me? I'm taking Shaq, uh, Shaq Cooper, sorry, yeah. C.J. Um, Gable, for me, hasn't been doing it the past couple weeks. I don't even look at him as an option on fantasy, but Shaq Cooper, uh, 94 yards this week, a touchdown, 18 carries. I think he played pretty well. Uh, he didn't have that many yards catch or he, uh, yeah, I'd be rolling with him. I just, yeah, CJ Gable is very underwhelming for me this year. Um, I'm a little bit more on the fence than you are about this one. Um, if I was forced into a situation, I think I'd also go with Shaq Cooper. But, like, I'm sort of like, you know, you could sway me either way. Um, and I think, I think I'm just sort of like one more game away from saying, like, yeah, let's go with Shaq Cooper, you know? I feel like, yeah, you absolutely have to start Shaq Cooper this game. Um, just with, I don't know, Gable is just too vanilla for me. He's approaching that Moses Madu territory of perfectly average uh, running the ball. Whereas Shaq Cooper, he gives you more of an explosiveness to his game. So, uh, I, I personally would, yeah, go with uh, Shaq Cooper, especially with Trevor Harris being out. You need to add another threat to that offense and... Shaq Cooper offers that threat. Now, um, is Edmonton a Grey Cup contender this year or next year? Do any changes need to be made that you guys see? Uh, well, I don't think they're in it this year. Uh, they they made the playoffs and they'll they'll go to the crossover and lose to Montreal. Um, other than that, I mean, next year all the pieces are there. Um, I've been reading that they made a lot of guys take pay cuts and a lot of guys aren't happy. And that could have, or that could be leading to kind of why they were downfalling for a bit. But uh, I think if they can keep their core intact, they could compete next year, as long as Trevor Harris stays healthy. I mean, yeah, like during the off season, everyone was at Edmonton, but it was saying, Oh, that team's stacked now. You know? So, um, I mean, as a contender for this year, no next year, Maybe I'm not. I would say probably, but like it depends on who they keep and like they can add some more pieces. But um, if everything stays mostly the same and they just get a couple more bits and uh, Trevor Harris stays healthy, then yeah, I could say that they're they could be a, a pretty tough team next year. Honestly, I think Trevor Harris is overrated. Uh, I think that's a some people might not like that take, but it's my opinion. I think he's a streaky quarterback. He can. He can play like one of the elite guys and then just fall off the map another week and has issues in the red zone, which is not very good for starting quarterback. Um, and yeah, I just, I think maybe you need to move on from CJ Gable, get a more explosive running back. Their offensive line is good. They have a good amount of receivers. I've been hearing people say that that secondary is really overrated. So maybe you look at shoring that up, but I think they can be if they make the right moves. But as the team stands right now, no, they're not a contender this year or next year, in my opinion. Uh, uh, and... you... Oh, um, go ahead. Okay, I was just wanted to ask. Uh... Going back to that running back, who would you want to see there? Like, do you think they go after someone? I think age? you rock with Shaq Cooper, or maybe you go for someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like. Okay. Okay. I just wanted. I just wanted to see. How what is thought. one thing I want to know is how is Alex Green still sitting in free agency? Because he was one of the top backs last year, and he really yeah, haven't heard anything any about sense. him. You know. And he's probably. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, he's better than half the backs in this. Yeah, league, he's a. So. Yeah, he was a good running back yeah. last year. I think another change that they have to make in Edmonton, though, is Jason Moss. It just, like, other players and other teams, you see them kind of gravitate towards the coach, but you don't really get that from Edmonton. So, like, that would be the change I'd make. And I think they can compete, but 
Trevor Harris, kind of like you said there, Jimmy, he is a choke artist. Like he doesn't show up when he needs to. So that could hold them back. But I hope with the change of scenery and if he stays healthy, that they can do well in Edmonton. And then you were saying, Carter? Oh, honestly, I lost my train of thought there. Eh, It's okay. (laughs) um, I think, I think, I think, I I don't think I really had anything to add after that. Ask about the running back situation there. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm I'm all shirt up. Yeah, on this. all right. I think we're all clarified on what Edmonton needs to do to get themselves right in the future. Yeah. So on to the fantasy part of our show. Um, this week for value picks, I have found very few because with the way CFL fantasy is now, it's very difficult to find players under thirty five hundred. But there's a couple out there. So for me, the top players are. Ergie Mayala at $3,300. And two $2,500 options I have listed are Richard Sundani and Mario Alford, who is a returner, but has gotten double-digit points back-to-back weeks. Do you guys think those are good options, or did I miss someone? Uh, I think those are good options. The only ones I might add would be Ryan Lankford uh, against My Saskatchewan. Boy. Oh, I, I know they have Danny Bryan thrown to them, but he could get some targets. And uh, the only other one, maybe Drew Wolitarski, kind of same situation where Calgary will be targeting their bigger receivers and maybe Drew gets the ball more. Oh, well, I mean, he's got that he's got that chemistry with Strebler. Exactly. Dude, I, I love the Langford love, man. I'm putting him on just because he, uh, <laughs> he, he, he said he was somewhat useful. As I'm much as on. I like Langford, he's, he's had one reception for two yards all season, and he's he's yeah. just on returns. So, I, I again, I don't like to touch returners, but I made an exception with Alford because, like I said, he has double-digit points back-to-back weeks, but... Well, oh. it's, it's Saskatchewan at BC. Oh, right? uh, yes. Yep. Last time oh, earlier yeah. this year, Lank had a kickoff return. Was it a kickoff or a punt? But he also had a field goal. Yeah, he return. had a couple oh, yeah. return, yeah, touchdowns. return touchdowns. Oh, man. So. Yeah, so. Um, but, I mean, I, um, I'm i just saying, I really like um, I really like having Mayala on there because I'm not a big person. But I ended up trying it last week. I had my all in my team. Thank God I did. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely is Probably giving 24. you bang for your buck right now. He's he's playing his butt off. So I yeah. mean, I'm I'm taking him this week as well. Um, some other cheap receivers I have that aren't under 3,500 but are close. I have Josh Huff too against Winnipeg. Um, and then yeah, those are my two really cheap picks this week. Um. So moving on to our best positional options, this is uh, uh, the guys we think you should start at each spot, and there's different combinations. So uh, I have Vernon Adams at just under $11,000, Cody Fajardo at $10,500, Cloud Bethel Thompson at just over $8,500, and Dane Evans, who is just under $8,500. Are there any QBs you guys would add or take out there? Uh, no, I got Dane Evans starting this week. He's putting up good fantasy numbers. Um, and I mean, he like Vernon Adams for 10 grand, almost $11,000. It's getting to be too pricey to have a quarterback like that in the CFL fantasy. So, and I mean, if you're desperate and you're looking for a cheap, cheap quarterback, there's always Will Arndt. He's only 5,000, but you never know what kind of stats he's going to get. That's true. I mean, I'm, I'm really trusting VA to have that bounce back game, and I'd be like, you know, it'd be worth that almost 11k because I'm picking him my starting quarterback. I mean, yeah, okay, um, continue. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I gotta be better than what he was against Winnipeg, or else, yeah, the price tag just doesn't justify it anymore, and it better. Oh be no down. doubt. Um, yeah, this is. I think this is a, what they call an NFL fantasy a get back right game. For uh, Vernon Adams, um, I mean, we we just saw Will Arndt put up thirteen and a half fantasy points on that Argo defense, and like I said, Jonathan Jennings threw for over three hundred yards against them this season. So, I mean, yeah, this this just screams like a pick VA game, and I would pick him, but he's just too expensive. Um, 
And yeah, Cody's got a good matchup. So does MBT and Dane Evans are guys I'd keep an eye on. So, on to our running backs. Oh wait, no, I'm going to comment on Will Arndt first. Will Arndt? Uh, I would I would wait one more week and then consider picking him personally because yeah he had a good game yeah. but keep in mind the defense he was playing. Yeah. And then um so for running backs, it's getting there's a lot of uh running backs that are expensive and there's some matchups that I really want to avoid. So I only have three running backs that you should look into. I have Andrew Harris at uh. Just under ten thousand dollars. Terrell Sutton at a little over sixty two hundred. And Jeremiah Johnson, who's under six thousand. Any guys you would add uh into that conversation? Uh well I got William Powell in my lineup. Last time they played BC in BC, he had thirty two fantasy points. Uh, and he's only seventy eight hundred, so he's not a bad pick. I have Jeremiah uh Jeremiah Johnson as well. In mine, um, that might change if Stanback uh, plays this game, but I don't think he practiced today, so it's not very likely that he'll play. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about Johnson. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a pretty cheap uh, it's a pretty cheap running back price. Um, you're expecting him to get some good numbers. Um, yeah, I like the I like the guys that you have on there. <laughs> yeah, I that. just William Powell. I thought about it, but it's just. Game to game, I have no clue how they're going to use William Powell because he could go off, like yeah. Taylor said, against BC earlier in the year, or he could do absolutely nothing and get you literally 0.1 fantasy points, which he's done this year. So, Did yes, against the Bombers. Against one carries for one yard. Oh. Yep. <laughs> That's why he's that. so volatile that I'm just I'm avoiding him for now because I have no clue how McAdoo's uh, going to use him. There. But with... Um, so moving on to our wide receivers here, we have Braylon Addison at just over $10,300. We have Jarrell Walker at just over $8,500. Eric Rogers at just under $8,000. Uh, Shaq Evans just over $7,600. And Quan Bray at $5,383. And Josh Huff at just under $3,900. Any guys you would add there? Uh, Well, in my lineup, I have Eric Rogers, Jalen Acklin, and Deron Carter. Shout out to Deron Carter. You uh, really love Deron <laughs> Carter, right? I, yeah, he's one, of, he's one of my favorite players in the CFL. But uh, I just think he could go off against Saskatchewan this week. He had two... Uh, two of his or two not good games against Saskatchewan earlier in the year, but he's really stepped up lately. And with the injury to Lamar Durant, uh, I think it's a good possibility that he has a good game against Saskatchewan. Um, I mean, Rogers kind of like I I'm kind of hit or miss with Rogers because just I've I only picked him once, and I think when I did, he only got like five. It wasn't a good show from him, so I kind of that kind of sort of pushed me away from him. I do have a Shaq Evans in my lineup, though. Um, I think that he's going to have a really good game in BC. Um, but yeah, um, I, I like the names that you're putting in there. Make a lot of sense. Um, I don't like how expensive everyone's getting. Neither do I. I. Oh. Like they have to devalue the it somehow for wide receivers. Like the, the wide receivers really show like how expensive everything is. Like, Yeah, if you want to put a QB at over 10, okay. Like, if you want to put one of the elite running backs there, okay. But, like, why just no, don't put any wide receivers over Well, 10. maybe one or two, but, like, any if you even look at a reasonable wide receiver now, you have to go into the 5K and up territory, and then that really mm -hmm. hurts the rest of your roster, especially, like you said, with running backs and QBs being so expensive now. It's really difficult, hey, and me, uh, it makes those value buys that much more important. If you yeah. give me one quick second here, let me go on to this. Uh, I'm trying to find a way to get Braylon Addison in my lineup this week, but that's tough yeah. with his price tag. At I'm trying to get him in, too. I, I think I did in one of my lineups, but not my current one, just because the running backs, either it, it's matchup hell for the running backs, or you go with the really cheap guys. So 
Yeah. Like here's here's one thing that like I think sort of showcases my point. Uh, Darvin Adams, wide receiver for Winnipeg, uh, sixty one. <laughs> Uh, sixty-one hundred dollars. It literally says at the end he will have minimal fantasy yep. value. Like, what? Yeah, I, I don't know who runs the economics of CFL fantasy, but they're really inflating everything later into the year. And I don't know. If maybe that's to make it more difficult. Like, that's the only other reason I could see it because there were lots of reasonably priced receivers uh, until later in the year, like Braylon Addison. He was in that 6,000 territory not even a couple weeks ago, but then he went off for 40, and now he's over 10,000. And it's really hard to find those good, consistent receivers now unless you go into that 8K-plus range. So it's a bit of a nightmare with uh, the way they have scaled receivers in CFL Fantasy. Yeah. And so, for our team defense people, I have two defenses this week for, I think, the first time in a while here. You could go with either the Saskatchewan defense playing BC at just over 5,700, or the Hamilton defense that is just over 5,200. What do you guys think of that? Uh, I think that's pretty good. I really wouldn't go with many other options. Saskatchewan should have a good game, and Hamilton, or yeah, Hamilton should have a good game against Ottawa. The only other one possibly is Montreal, but they do give up a lot of yards, so that one's iffy. I think he had good picks. Um, yeah, I personally, um, uh, again, not going with the defense. I would personally go with Hamilton for Sask, um, just because, um, just because who they're playing against. Um, but yeah, I I understand this week. It actually makes sense. To choose a defense if you wanted to this week like i'm you know in weeks past it's sort of like if you picked a defense it's like what are you doing but now it kind of you know, it makes sense now i'm gonna counter your argument there that you pick hamilton over uh the sask defense who do you think is a better quarterback o'brien or will aren't because those are your oh, options fair, yeah fair. yeah i guess brian's gonna be getting the start over uh bridge because he just won't yeah. know the playbook and maybe if they're desperate enough they throw a bridge in there he doesn't know the playbook and he makes a couple of mistakes so, okay yeah. i get i get i get where you're coming from yeah. now okay. so now on to our locks who i just defended my lock the saskatchewan defense um again they're going against o'brien who isn't really the greatest qb um for bc he's just uh kind of meh and, um, yeah, I just think he's so green that he's going to make a lot of mistakes out there. And, you know, maybe they pull him and put Brandon Bridge in. He doesn't know the playbook. And they get picks. They'll get sacks because he's, you know, takes a while to get rid of the ball. Just, yeah, I just, I can't see anything wrong with picking the Saskatchewan defense this week. You can't go wrong. No, I agree. I think that's a good pick. Uh, my lock for the week is Dane Evans. Uh, simply put, he's just been playing lights out lately, uh, throwing touchdowns. He's doing really well. His last game against Toronto, he had 442 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, but he still put up 22 fantasy points, so I think he's a good bet this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going with a different quarterback for my lock. I'm going the $11,000 man. I'm going Vernon Adams. Uh, I mean, we we said it before in the podcast. He's, you know, we all think he's going to have that bounce back game. I think that he's going to be like especially great this next upcoming game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's starting to get a little bit too pricey. But, you know, against Toronto, I, I'm going for it. But like if, if he was that much against, say, a Winnipeg, Saskatchewan or Calgary, then I wouldn't be touching that. But since it's against Toronto, yeah, I'm definitely going with that because I think he'll have the bounce back. Yeah, I like that pick. I really wanted to fit VA into my lineup. I ended up going with Dane Evans just because of roster flexibility. But, yeah, I, I mm. love that Vernon Adams pick. And if you could fit him into your lineup, I envy you. So on to our news for the week. BC Lions have signed Brandon Bridge, as we talked about earlier. Uh, he's expected to compete for that spot with uh, Danny O'Brien. 
Uh, Marcus Ball, who recently signed with Calgary, has torn his ACL. The Rough Riders have released defensive end Earl Okine. Mike Riley has broke his wrist, and BC has announced he is done for the season. Ottawa announced Will Arndt will start next game, and Ottawa has signed two players to their practice roster. National defensive back Nate Hamlin and American offensive lineman Kai Abshear. So, on to our game time questions. So, for next week's game, it's Toronto versus Montreal up first. Uh, is this a trap game for Montreal? Uh, I think there's potential for it to be. Montreal can't come in uh, too high on their horses. I, like, I definitely think that this, if any game this week is a trap game, it's this game. So, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it, like, I think it could be, but... Like, I don't think Montreal, like, I think Montreal will be hungry and they'll see Toronto as a team that they'll just want to make an example out of and just, like, crush, like, in that respect. Not in the fact that, like, oh, we're too good for them, but, like, in a, we need to prove how good we are again type thing. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, If you would have asked me this question last week before the Mike Riley injury, I said the trap game probably would have been Saskatchewan versus BC, but obviously with Mike Riley out, the situation's changed. I can see it, but I, I don't think it's a trap game for Montreal. Uh, I think the defense has to come in and they have to show up because um, NBT is no slouch at the quarterback position, but that offense, I think, is going to dominate this game against that weak Toronto defense. So, on to Saskatchewan versus BC. Um, who do you guys think will have a better game, Brian Burnham or Shaq Evans? Well, I think with the way this Mike Riley injury has worked out, I think it will, will be Shaq Evans. Um, it, it, BC does have good defenders, but I think Shaq Evans overall just have a better game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Like, if Mike Riley was healthy, then I probably would be going Brian Burnham, but I mean, not. So, yeah, I'm going Shaq Even Evans. Even if this. Mike Riley was healthy, I would say Shaq would have a better game just by virtue of the secondaries. I think. Uh... EC is pretty weak, and as a general rule, Saskatchewan is probably one of, if not the best secondary cores in the league. So, yeah, I think it's Shaq too, but for different reasons. Um, so, on to Ottawa versus Hamilton. Uh, with the questionable running back play from both of these teams, which of them do you think will have more rushing yards? I think Hamilton narrowly will have more rushing yards. Uh... Like you said, it's just Hamilton says they're starting a running back and then they hand it to Anthony Coombs <laughs> and Braylon Addison. It's all over the place, so I think they narrowly pull. Yeah, I think Hamilton will, and I think of the reason for that is because uh, Hamilton, uh, well, Ottawa's going to need to be looking out for Hamilton's passing game a little bit more, so Hamilton will be able to exploit that and hand the ball off a little more if they choose to. But yeah, it could go either way. For this me, one. this is a matter of trust. And who do I trust more, uh, Moses Madu, or do I trust um, Terrell Sutton more? And for me, I would say Terrell Sutton. So just because of that, uh, I think Hamilton has the bigger game on the ground. Now, on to the final game of the week. This should be an interesting one. Winnipeg versus Calgary. Do either of these teams finish first in the West? If it's either of them, it's Calgary. Uh, I just, I think Winnipeg's a little too late to get that home playoff game and that bye week. They, I mean, they could still take over Saskatchewan, but I think Calgary's going to have first place locked up pretty soon, unfortunately. Um, I think that, um, I think that if they, uh, if one team sweeps this two game series that they'll finish first, but I think if they split, then Sask will finish first. Yeah, I'm kind of the same mind as Carter here. I think this, uh, these two games here, they get split, and you look at the Riders' uh, upcoming games here, BC, Edmonton, Edmonton, I think they win out the season, and they get that first spot. Uh, at least that's how I see it playing out. Hot take. They're losing one of those Edmonton oh, games. Oh, could you imagine? Mm. Well, maybe if Trevor Harris comes back. I'm if Trevor Harris comes back, maybe, but not a chance at hell they lose with Logan uh, Kilgore quarterback in that team. 
my my gut tells me different, but we'll see. So lastly, we conclude with our predictions for this week. I have Montreal beating Toronto, Saskatchewan beating BC, Hamilton beating Ottawa, and Calgary beating Winnipeg this week. Yeah, I'm sitting the same as you. I think the Montreal-Toronto game could be close, but I still think Montreal pulls it off. And yeah, Saskatchewan over BC, Hamilton over Ottawa, and Calgary over Winnipeg. Uh, I'm going Montreal over Toronto. I think Sask takes it over BC in a surprisingly high-scoring game. Um, I think that Hamilton's going to beat uh, Ottawa, and I have Calgary over Winnipeg, which means that we all have the same yep. prediction. We, yeah, do. we do. Now, since we all have the same predictions, which game do we think is most likely to flip of the four games being played this week? I think Montreal-Toronto. I think I think that that's a trap. I hope it's not, but maybe this is the one game where Toronto actually pulls off a fourth-quarter victory. How about you, Carter? Uh, uh tough. Um... Like, because you can make a case for pretty much, like, because you could see Toronto beating Montreal. I could also see Winnipeg taking it against Calgary. It would be difficult, yeah. but, I mean, they've done it before. Late late season game in Calgary, they've done it. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult. I would say more likely for Winnipeg to beat Calgary than it would be for me to see Toronto beat Montreal, but it's, it's hard. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Carter. I think the... Because those are the two better teams playing each other this week and there's a lot on the line so I think if any game is going to flip I think it's going to be that Winnipeg Calgary game even though I think even though we've all picked Calgary it doesn't really show how evenly matched those two teams can be oh they be. absolutely are really yeah. well matched for sure now I believe that concludes the show um you guys got anything to add uh, no. no. Keep listening, and uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, show support on our social media. Oh, medias, yeah. Taylor, please, you want to plug our comments. social medias before we hammer this one out? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can search uh, CFL True North, or True North CFL Podcast. Sorry. Uh, our Twitter handle is True North CFL Pod, and our Instagram is true north cfl podcast and that concludes the show like taylor said you can find us on youtube we are also available in podcast form on spotify and soundcloud again just search true north cfl podcast um that concludes the show be sure to like share and subscribe this is the true north cfl podcast signing off